something that I have a lot of experience with is getting way too far past the burnout. Um, so what I've really learned from that experience is to actually learn to connect to my body. And I think this is something that we really forget, especially when we talk about being spiritual, we talk about being like an empath and we talk about being really connected. We get so up here and so mm. up here that we're not in our body anymore. Amen. And when we're in our body, we don't actually know when we've hit points of being, oh, I'm actually a bit tired or, oh, I'm actually now going beyond that. Oh, I'm actually now exhausted or I'm actually now burning out. Like we miss those cues, which we see all along the way when we're in our body. But when you're not in your body and you're off, either trying to be connected and spiritual and up in that way, or if you're so in your head and consumed by the cycling worries and thoughts and anxieties and overwhelm and that can become so distracting that we miss what our body's telling us. And so the biggest lesson for me has been really anchoring back into my body. This podcast is a place where the holistic healers and magical humans can learn how to transform burnout into resilience with lots of time for rest and yet take massive meaningful action that will help green the wastelands and ultimately lead us back into harmony with earth. Hi, I'm Sarah Duz, founder of the Wild Rose Mystery School, and welcome to the Cyclical Living Podcast. Let's quest together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first new episode of season three of the Cyclical Living Podcast. I just have to say, I'm very proud of my little Aries brain that always likes to think, make new things and start new projects and not really finish it, but we've made it through season three. And one of the reasons why I am so passionate about a podcast is because I get to invite the most amazing people in, um, into the podcast. And today I have the beautiful Rose sister with me of um, Darcy. And Darcy and I, we met uh, in person as well in Avalon, Glastonbury. We did a Rose pilgrimage together with Annabelle, who's also been on the podcast. And Darcy is these type of very young people that as soon as you have one conversation with them, you know that, oh, this is just a grandmother <laughs> brain and, <laughs> and person in a very young body. So, and I love that because imagine her then actually being the age, what kind of wisdom she will hold and she already holds it now. So <laughs> anyway, super excited for this beautiful in bulk episode with Darcy. Darcy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to uh, yeah, to be in your energy and to share and to do all the magical things together. So it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, also where you are, because you're in that beautiful blue space um, around you. Uh, for those who are watching on YouTube, you will see what I mean. And those who are listening, just trust that she's in this magical place. And yeah, can you tell us a little bit about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Darcy. I am a priestess of Bridget of the Rose. I have done so much training and so much devoting my life for the last 11 years, I think it is now, <laughs> um, to really diving deep on my own personal journey to really find myself, to find my connection to the earth, nature, the world around us, spirit, and to really walk a path of devotion. It's something that 
I began very, very young. Um, my journey started with Reiki when I was 13, and that was my first initiation into this path. And it's been just the most beautiful unfolding since then. And it's something that I'm really deeply, yeah, I'm very proud of the fact that the way I am is all through this embodied experience and the way that I have grown and created my business and have my offerings and my trainings all come from this lived experience um yeah as well as obviously like academic study and just diving deep into all the magical things so yeah so i'm in the uk i live in dorset um uh, which is the most beautiful place i'm right by the forest and right by the sea so mm -hmm. for me as a very watery priestess that absolutely suits me down to the ground and I am currently sat in my brand new space and my temple space, which is called the Sacred Constellation, because it's really intended to be this place where all of the stars align and all of these different modalities come into play to create this really beautiful space for healing. And it's just this really powerful place to be really interweaving the yoga, the meditation, the healing, all the different kinds of holistic wellness, the moon circles, the connecting back to our cyclical living, mm -hmm. all of that all in one place. Um, and it's something that it actually hasn't officially opened yet. Like mm -hmm. it's really exciting. It's like out there and people know about it. Um, but yeah, so our first circle isn't until the 2nd of February because of course I'm doing something with in bulk because mm that's the way the cycles work <laughs> yes um but yeah so it's a really really special place um and this is actually i'm in the new forest so that's where it is that's really in the most magical held space and again i'm about five minutes from the ocean so <laughs> oh my gosh oh that sounds so wonderful you can just uh, put all the bags in the temple space and then take a walk to the beach and do the baptism, do the offer, do the rituals and head into the woods and build the fire. And oh, so amazing. <laughs> I'm so sad that I'm not in England to be visiting, but I will probably visit it one day, right? But it's so beautiful. And I love how Bridget that kind of flew through me then to help you also launch this because the podcast episode will air at the same time. So it's like all coming together. This is amazing. <laughs> That's so perfect. I love the way it works like that. It totally just always aligns. So yeah. <laughs> it does. Um, I usually start the podcast also by asking what cyclical living means. If you could, you know, as the speaker, as somebody who has so much lived, embodied, and also academic knowledge about cyclical living, can you explain that to the listeners? Um, because it's such an important part of life. Yeah, for me, cyclical living, it is life, you know, <laughs> life is cyclical. And this is something that I think you know, in kind of the more traditional and maybe more patriarchal society, we we have forgotten over time. But actually, when we come back to ourselves and we look at what life really looks like, it really is cyclical. And this is something that, you know, you maybe have heard somebody talk about it. And you think, oh, cycles, you think about menstruation and, and the cycle of a woman, but it's in everything. Mm -hmm. Everything has cycles. It's so much, I mean, it's not that that's not something so incredible to be working with, <laughs> the most powerful space, but it's in everything and it's mirrored in everything. You know, we live through seasons. We live 
through this cycle that literally unfolds throughout the seasons, throughout the moon cycles, throughout every single bit of our life, we go through cycles. And, you know, diving into even things like astrology, you know, we work with literal cycles as we go around the sun, you know, and cycles are such, cyclical living is life. And, you know, when we look at how, how we operate, how we connect to nature, how nature connects to us, and how we connect in with the different archetypes and the different aspects, we experience all of them in this really beautiful cyclical way. And we get to go through these cycles. We get to go through these layers of learning, almost sometimes almost spirally, really working deeper into those cycles. But yeah, it's that really profound connection within. I think for me, when I think about cyclical living, it's coming so deeply from within, and it's something so primal and so ancestral and so ancient. Um, so yeah, just to really feel that is really, really powerful. And to feel that we're doing the same things that our ancestors have done, even that in itself is a cycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, we get to really, you know, when I was studying my degree, I wrote my dissertation about ceremony mm-hmm. and kind of where it comes from. And that was what I was really diving into and exploring. And what's really magical to me, and I, I, I can never get over it because it's just so beautiful, is the ceremonies that we do. To this day, we have been doing for thousands and yeah. thousands and thousands of years. And yes, maybe our tools might have changed very slightly. To be fair, it's never that much. <laughs> but we are doing the same things that humanity has done literally for as, as long as we have evidence of it, which is incredible. That is yeah, it's so beautiful. And as you were saying that the tools might have, have changed a little bit. I just saw these modern day priestesses. Now we have a little GBL box playing music in the background, like spiced it up a little bit in terms of technology, but the real technology, the ritual, the communion with the cycles, the rhythms of the land of the cosmos, they have stayed the same. And um, that's why also creating these new mystery temples as you are in the constellation temple if i uh, have the name right i'm <laughs> probably not like fully but <laughs> uh, what's the name again it's called the sacred constellation okay sacred constellation pretty well that is a cycle as well and when we then open up these temples again i feel like these modern mystery temples they really are holding that cyclical living back at the center of because it is at the center and it's about humanity coming back to that and it's so beautiful that also with the rituals. And can you little talk a bit more about them? Make it paint the picture. What kind of rituals are we talking about? Right? Because you have studied it. You, you have a lot of knowledge about that. You have been doing rituals so much. You have the ocean and the forest where you'll probably be doing lots and lots of rituals. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then also give some tips to the listeners who's like, hey, I want to do rituals as well. <laughs> Of course. Well, seeing as it's in bulk, I think that's the perfect mm-hmm. kind of rituals to be talking about, um, which, yes, is my, maybe my favorite time of year um, as a Bridget Priestess. It is a really powerful time to connect in with the energies of new beginnings and of new starts. You know, we're at the beginning of the year still, and we're really in that energy of the maiden, of that new place that really young excitable energy and so what i love when it comes to ritual about this time of year is i mean the element that connects in with it is fire you know we've just literally just had this full moon in leo so we've had this fire come in as our first full moon of the year as well 
And when it comes to ritual with fire, I think it's one of the easiest to work with to start with because you can see it so literally and it's really powerful. So one of my favorite, which is definitely something that has been done for probably longer than we have evidence of, <laughs> is releasing into the fire and allowing things to be transmuted in those flames. You know, we talk about the the symbology of rising from the ashes and the phoenix rising from the ashes. And this is such a powerful symbol that has literally been spanning through time for such a long, such a long time. (laughs) And it's a really beautiful thing to release into the fire and to really allow anything we want to let go of or we want to shed or that isn't serving us anymore to really just be released and transmuted to love and healing for the earth in the flame or whatever it might be that you want to be sending back out there. Um, And then I also really love working with fire and candles, as you can tell. (laughs) See me, they are behind me. Um, But yes, candles are such powerful, magical tools. And again, we've been using them in so many different forms for thousands of years. And candle magic is something really beautiful and really easy to do, especially if, you know, no matter where you are, kind of candle magic is quite accessible. So really lighting, I like to do it with not lit yet candles uh, for ceremony, but it's up to you and your settings and what you can do. But lighting a candle with really clear intention about what you want to be calling in, what you want to be lighting up in your life, what you want to be manifesting, what you want to allow into your life and just really surrendering in that process. I think we don't talk enough about surrender because <laughs> it's a little bit scary, but um, surrendering that that trust to the divine to hold you, to bridge it, to the fire, to the elements, to nature, to really hold that vision and allow it to birth itself, to really let it go, light that candle and trust that it's gonna come into fruition. And some people really like to also do it where you light the candle and then the intention is by the time the candle has burnt out, it's manifested, which is a really beautiful ritual again when we're working with fire and these elements. Yeah, indeed. Oh, that is so beautiful. And intentionally, as you say, intentionally lighting that candle and very being aware that fire is at the is the spark of life that creates whole constellations, right? That creates a new life, that creates a new baby. It's that fire that ignites it all. That's that energy of Bridget of Imbolc, the fire in the earth warming so that it starts to quicken again and the green starts to shoot and grow. And it's really beautiful that that came up because I'm personally also really working with fire from a state of also seeing how we can reclaim fire in an aligned, harmonious way, resilient way, because there's a a phrase that is very known today, which is called burnout. And a lot of recesses, a lot of activists, a lot of healers are really on that verge of like, oh my gosh. I'm going to burn out because there is so much to do, right? And so what I love about Imbolc and that fresh of new energy and also working with Bridget, who we will discuss a little bit deeper in a moment, um, is that we get to restore our inner fire into a state where we don't burn, let it burn too much and we don't let it burn too little, right? And I think these rituals of fire really help us to see that. I remember when I first let the fire for the first time very consciously. And I was lighting it, calling in 
an actual fire keeper that I met on Boom Festival. You know, it's like an ancient lady who kept the fire burning on that festival. And I was imagining her as I was lighting my fire. But because it was such a conscious ritual, I actually started to understand the whole dynamic of fire. You need to put wood on, not too much, or you'll burn yourself, not too little, or you'll be cold. It is such a fine, refined element. And I think many people say like, oh, fire is all about blazing. It's all about active. It's all about like getting in there and making lots of fireworks. But actually, no, I think fire is such a gentle it's the hearth of the earth. It is the stove on which the, on which the food get, gets cooked. And these rituals doing them really help to harmonize that so that we can then um, have our fire to maintain life and to also keep our activism, keep our priestess work, keep our healing work strong and manifest the Garden of Eden, <laughs> right? Yes, totally. And I think you're so right. Like finding that, but I mean, I'm a Libra, so I'm all about finding balance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really working with that, finding the balance and the harmony and the healing. I think so many people overlook a healing yeah. element of fire because it really is, like you say, it's the thing that warms our food. It's the things that creates more nourishment and safety can create such a feeling of safety. And yes, when it's out of control, it creates the opposite. But, you know, we have these polarities and dualities within everything. So it's really interesting to really sit with that really nurturing feeling with the fire. And that's something that Bridget definitely taught me when I was doing the priestess training and really learning how to walk with Bridget and her energies and her fires. Mm, tell us more about Bridget. Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> so Bridget is the goddess of, of the, the British Isles. And um, that's specifically where she comes from and a lot of her mythology is very linked to here she's very linked to saint bridget of kildare so she has that that kind of crossover between different faith systems which i love i think it's so beautiful the way that these goddesses and divine beings cross through these different faith systems and it's really beautiful to witness that and she is really known as this pillar of strength of healing and for me, she very often comes through incredibly maternally, actually. She comes through in that really just loving, healing mother energy, but very much with this fire and this fierceness about her that really allows her to come through with a very clear boundary and can really assist when it comes to boundaries because she has that, like, the balance so beautifully in her energy. You know, she really knows how to work with the sacred tools for both the big release and the big boundary and also the gentle healing and all of that nurturing and she really holds that duality so beautifully and she also is very very often obviously as we're we're talking about her because it's this time of year very often linked to this time of year particularly in her maiden archetype the way i work with her she has i you know i work with all the archetypes within her as i do with many other goddesses but when it comes to bridget Bridie is the maiden. She really comes through with this beautiful heart and this just generous way of being and this playfulness and fun and laughter. And she definitely has a huge sense of humor if you work with her and her maiden energy. <laughs> and it's something that's, you know, it's been very fun to work with and very fun to experience. And I started my priestess training journey so young. My Bridget priestess training I did was the first priestess training that I took and I was 19 when I started it, which just so happens to be the sacred number of Bridget. 
<laughs> which is absolutely beautiful and those synchronicities were just perfect but I really felt at that time I was still very much in my maiden energy I was very much in that kind of youthful but also kind of trying to prove myself as an adult <laughs> kind of way of being like I'm valid I'm here but also like I'm also a child and I just want to have fun and express myself and do all these wonderful things. <laughs> um, so really in that, that energy, I think she comes through so strongly and she comes through as such a support for that energy and also really deeply for working with and healing with our inner child because they're our inner maiden. Um, because I think our inner child is something that is so deep to work with and is so profound. It's something I do a lot of work with. Um, I teach about um, because I just I'm so deeply passionate about really connecting in with that that inner child but yes she really comes through as such a strong and powerful energy in that but yeah when we talk about Bridget as the maiden at this time of year most people talk about her like the kind of slightly mischievous and fun way of being um, and we talk about her her just coming through in this beautiful light and such purity but I think the bit that actually I don't hear spoken about as much but I think is just as important if not more important than this other pieces is all of the stories of Bridget where she comes through in pure generosity mm -hmm. in pure kindness and she really embodies that total just compassion for all humans and she really holds that so beautifully in her maiden self because even though she doesn't understand necessarily like all that it takes to be um a fully grown adult or all the how the world works she still shows this beautiful compassion and there's this beautiful story and i it's completely gone out my mind who who it's from but it's kind of a myth that i've heard from different angles so i think it's really been woven through time but the story really it kind of follows this this idea that she's as a child living with her parents and they don't have very much money but she can't help but give everything away because she just wants to help these other people and she doesn't really understand that it's a problem and it's this kind of whole mischievous quite just very light-hearted jokey uh, energy around the story but even to the point that she takes her own shoes off and gives them to somebody and she's walking around barefoot because she's given her shoes away and she goes back to her father who's like why have you done that and she's just like well they needed them <laughs> And so this really beautiful kind of kindness and generosity element to Bridget really comes through, especially at this time of year for me. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And I love the story that you brought in because it's funny, but I actually experienced Bridget, her energy in the complete opposite, where she will not allow me to give what I cannot offer. Right. Mm -hmm. She will really tell me like, no, no, fill your own cup first. And then from overflow, you can give. Right. But then, I mean, there are totally different feelings and it is an important thing. And I actually would love to hear a little bit more about because especially the people that are listening to the podcast and that are connected, I think to us both, we kind of have that shadow going on, I think, of giving to the mm -hmm. point where you're in depletion and then that burnout thing comes up again. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because we do need to have solid boundaries on that. Like, I'm not even going to be nice and tiptoe around it. I'm just like, no, no, no space for that. You do not give away your food if you go hungry and then you have no energy left. Feed yourself first. And from your excess of energy, because you're fed, you can go forage for nettles and make soup. Right? 
Like anyway, that's that's my vision. And how do you see that? Have you been through a journey where you were like giving away from yourself to the point where, oh my gosh, I have no energy left, and you just then get angry maybe or cry to your partner who has to hold you? <laughs> yes, definitely. I think this is something I have been on a very long journey with, and it feels like it's been such a big part of my life. And this is why I say, like, when we work with Bridget and her fires, she's so good at the boundaries and she really calls that in. So it's really, really helpful for that. Um, but yeah, for me personally, oh, I went through years of burnout and I went through years of actually, I had shingles three times in the space of two years. And what was, is shingles? So I don't know that word. Um, it's an illness basically where it's, it comes from chicken pox. I don't know if you okay. know. Yeah. But then it's when it gets a lot worse when you're an adult oh. and it's, it's a nervous system issue basically, okay. but it's, you're in very severe pain and you have kind of like the spots of chicken pox, but normally only one or two. And then, but yeah, it fries your nervous system. And I actually managed to get shingles three times in the space of two years because I was so severely burning myself out, out of a combination of people pleasing and trying to prove myself. Those are my two catalysts for me personally, neither of which were helpful. <laughs> um, and I was doing, going above and beyond in every way I could. And I was just giving and giving and giving my, mostly my time and my energy. That was more what I was giving. Um, yeah and just overly giving that to the point that i didn't have anything left for me and literally my nervous system shut me down i was like nope stop reset and i i had to happen three times for me to get the message <laughs> um but yeah and the third time it was very intense very severe and uh, the other thing because it affects your nervous system um i had memory loss i had all these other horrendous effects of it I got in the car, I couldn't remember how to get home. I went, I went to go and put my pin number in at the bank and I couldn't remember my pin number. Like really bizarre experiences from the shingles. So yeah, so it's something that I have a lot of experience with is getting way too far past the burnout. Um, so what I've really learned from that experience is to actually learn to connect to my body. And I think this is something that we really forget, especially when we talk about being spiritual, we talk about being like an empath and we talk about being really connected. We get so up here and so mm. up here that we're not in our body anymore. Amen. And when we our body, we don't actually know when we've hit points of being, oh, I'm actually a bit tired or oh, I'm actually now going beyond that or oh, I'm actually now exhausted or oh, I'm actually now burning out. Like we miss those cues which we see all along the way when we're in our body. But when you're not in your body and you're off, either trying to be connected and spiritual and up in that way, or if you're so in your head and consumed by the cycling worries and thoughts and anxieties and overwhelm, and that can become so distracting that we miss what our body's telling us. And so the biggest lesson for me has been really anchoring back into my body. My astrology chart has basically no earth signs in it. I am not naturally grounded. I really deeply struggle with grounding. It's been something that took me a long time to get. And for me, it's actually been a lot of the key because it helps me to not only avoid that burnout because I'm checking, but I'm back in my body and I know what where I'm at, but also it gives me the tools to then actually know what I want more. It gives me a lot more clarity because when you're in your body, you can feel it so clearly. And it doesn't mean you're not spiritually connected because you're in your body, you know, which is such a, it's such a misconception, I think sometimes. So that's something that's really helped me. And for me, when it comes to grounding, definitely, I mean, 
yoga has been an absolute miracle for me moving my body in a way that feels really devotional and connected and that's what inspired me to then become a yoga teacher as well as everything else um, which is my latest thing that I've gone and trained to do um, and I'm bringing here into this temple um, and I practice a lot more of like yin yoga and the slower flowing more deep tissue kind of uh deep in in your all your joints and your ligaments getting into those places but in a really gentle way in a really restorative way that's my kind of way of moving my body that really allows me to get back into my body um but also really visualize i have a very quick visualization that i do for myself which i'm at the point now because i've been practicing it for years it's like split second i can do it in a breath um but it's something that i always offer to people as a way just to really get back into your body get back into the moment and get back into the present um which I can offer now if you'd like yes <laughs> yes I was like on the edge of my seat of like what is it what we're is doing it, it. <laughs> so it's just a real check-in of just gently closing your eyes and just kind of noticing your breath however it is without changing it or judging it noticing where your body's at for a moment and just going down through your body to your feet and just beginning to visualize from your feet roots growing down through the floor beneath you, down through these many layers of the earth, deeper and deeper, past crystal caverns, underground rivers, through these layers of rock and sediment, deeper and deeper, all the way down until you reach the core of the earth, connecting your roots into that core feeling that heartbeat at the center of the earth, the love and the protection that radiates out from her heart. And on your next inhale, beginning to breathe that energy and that love and all of those beautiful things from the earth up those roots, all the way up through those layers, through the rock and the sediment, through the underground rivers, through the crystal caverns, up through all those layers, all the way up through the floor, up and into your body, allowing it just to flow into every cell of your being, surrounding you and filling you with this beautiful, grounded, supported energy. And just taking a breath to really feel how it feels to have that in your body in this present moment. And then when you're ready, opening your eyes and still feeling it in your body and noticing how shifted that feels. And then that allows you to go on with your day or whatever you're doing from a much more grounded and connected place, from a place that allows you to then make a decision or know what you want or hold a boundary even from a much more centered and just grounded place. So for me, that's been my key to not burning out is keeping grounded. Yeah, love that. <clears throat> so beautiful, so profound. Um, similar uh, calling in that I will, uh, aligning that I do. And also when you're creating, right? Because I imagine a lot of people listening, our creators have their own healing practice uh, or online business. When we're creating from this space, we're actually creating from the dream of Gaia, from the dream of Earth. And then humanity becomes this wonderful steward, right? The gardener of Eden who creates with her. And that is another very clear archetype of Bridget, where she holds 
the harmony between humanity and also the earth um mm -hmm. i feel i mean we find bridget in lots of wells in lots of places and in nature she will have these random places where you can see like nothing and all of a sudden there will be a stone there for Bridget but I feel like this is where she is home like in the wild as well um mm. deeply deeply connected to all, all the four elements because we've been talking about fire now as well but Bridget I what I love so much about about her is that she's so versatile she mm. has all these different elements and she knows how to balance them and when something is in depletion she will just go from within and then nourish it that nourish that from within and that is so so powerful but thank you so much also for sharing your own story and how you dealt with burnout i 100% agree and have seen not just once not twice not three times but like a gazillion times that that is that connecting in your body nothing else like nothing cra crazy fancy no training of 10 years of mastery of going to tibet or standing on your head for hours none of that bullshit just closing your eyes going within and actually feeling what is up with your body if you have pain feel it don't run away from it don't do breath work or trying to change it no meet it as it is that is it that is how we heal burnout that is how we strengthen ourselves that is how we strengthen our nervous system and then also our offers, right? Because if we're solid, our offers become more solid. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I think it's something that we, we, <laughs> I think as humans, we like to overcomplicate things. <laughs> and uh, really, actually, this is I haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah, it's really simple and it's really great. And so many of the most magical and powerful things actually are really simple. And that's something that I've really learned from, like I said, like walking my path and teaching from the embodied place from like what I've lived, because I think that, sh that just shows you how simple it can be, you know, yeah. and the things that, you know, I've overcome, I hope inspire other people to know that they can overcome things too. That's my goal with it. That's why yeah. I share so openly about, you know, different experiences and, and things. So, yeah. Yeah. And so important. And I, it, what I hear in that as well is that piece that you brought in in the beginning at that maiden stage when you were 19 years old a part of you really trying to prove yourself to the world and oh gosh sister I feel that <laughs> I still struggle with that sometimes right because like oh when when for example for me setting up my business oh it was it was not easy oh three years of almost zero income month after month after month right not the fancy kind of like overnight success none of that right three years of just going out there trying again failing learning getting back up and now that I'm actually starting to get some revenue there's a part within me, that maiden part, that really wants to go to my father and be like, hey, dad, look, I did it. I'm not a failure. Look, see, it worked. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know what I was going to go with that, but it was something about that whole space of like not coming from a state of trying to prove yourself, but also going from within and, oh, yeah, not overcomplicating things. The same with the techniques that we've learned. Yes, it's nice to learn all bunch of techniques and there are so many wonderful offers and so many wonderful modalities, but sometimes we can be of the greatest service just by simplifying and not overcomplicating an already overstimulated nervous system, right? Yes. And so tell me a little bit more about that because at, before we started recording, 
you were also talking about the vision with your um your 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 school and your in-person temple retreat uh, space and how you're also bringing in yoga as like the solid foundation and can you tell a little bit the motivation behind that and even though like yoga is very mainstream right now right you can do yoga and businesses and corporate it's mainstream um and sometimes in the spiritual world that can be like oh that's not cool enough anymore it's not special yeah. enough anymore i cannot prove my worth with yoga because everybody's doing that like please <laughs> Yes, no, I totally, totally hear that. And I think also there's like the, 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 are you flexible enough yoga? That's <laughs> like, that's just not me, not my vibe. Um, so yeah, the real intention for me, I felt like the piece, it's so funny the way it's all unfolded. So I've had my business now for, gosh, the way it is now, it's been four, four years. Um, and it's been really beautiful. It's been all online up until creating the space. And I have like one-on-one -on -one sessions. I have group experiences. I have meditations you can buy. I have my process training. And I have this really quite, I think it feels quite full, almost like offer suite, I guess you'd call it, right? But the thing is something always was missing. And I was like, this, it, there's a piece missing and I don't know what the piece is. And so I tried to create something to fill the space and it wasn't it and it wasn't it and it wasn't it because I was doing it all from my head and all from like trying to think what's missing. And when I felt what's missing, it was something earthy and it was something grounded and it was something physical. And so what my initial reaction was is I need a physical place. I need to anchor this in into the world. So that's why I ended up, one of the reasons why I ended up creating an in-person temple space. And that was a real, like, this is anchored in here. And I was like, great, I have my physical space. Perfect. Now what? Still isn't right. There's something still missing. And I was like, there's a, there's a piece, there's a piece. And in my own practice, I've been practicing yoga for four years and I, I, you know, really loved it, gone through times where it's, you know, ebbed and flowed in, in my rituals, but whether it's been super present or it's had some time off, but it's been something that's been a real anchor for me personally for a very long time. And what I realized was I was like, wait, what's the bit that's missing and what I'm offering is the yoga, is the physical piece, is the grounding, because it's it's something that's such a big foundation it's been so healing for me personally and healing from a perspective of you know like i spoke about it being more in that yin yoga phase that restorative that nurturing energy that really earthy almost motherly kind of just really nurturing space and that's it feels like a hug like that that's the way i want my my yoga classes to feel i want you to feel like you're just relaxing and having a hug like that's very much the intention and so really bringing that in allowing it to be accessible as well because as you said yoga is mainstream so it's a it's a door to bring people in to then maybe be brave enough to try out a meditation or a moon cycle or a, you know the next phase or a workshop on journaling or a, something to dive deeper and it's a really beautiful gateway for that and it holds that energy really beautifully but also it creates that balance in our bodies it brings us back into our bodies and it just allows us to have yeah i think it you know for me it really brings peace in my body peace is the number one thing i would say i get from my yoga practice is that it actually doesn't matter what's going on in my head what's going on in in whatever i'm feeling whether i'm feeling really confused or, or angry or whatever actually 
when I get back into my body and when I do the kind of restorative yoga that I love, I really come back to a place of peace and a real, yeah, deep trust again in my body, which is something that has been a journey for me to have actually any trust in my body. Um, so yeah, it's something that has definitely been a big cycle. When I was a teenager, I was paralyzed down one side of my body. So my left leg was paralyzed. And so actually being able to be still and to trust my body now, it's a really big journey. And so actually finding the healing in the still kind of yoga, the space where you hold a pose for three, five minutes and you actually relax and release into it and you receive the healing from it. I've had yoga classes that I've been doing for myself where I've just had tears running down my face, you know, just from the processing, but in a really beautiful way. And I found more moments in, in yoga classes or yoga experiences where I have thought completely, not even like tried to think, it just has happened organically. I thought, I really love that my body can do that. I really love the way my body's moving. I really love my body, which is something I think so few of us actually get to experience. And so that was the missing piece for me to weave that in. So now it feels this really complete space where the yoga holds the earth, kind of the ritual and the ceremony, I think, holds the fire. And then the water is that one-on-one -on -one deep session. And the air is all the channeling and the cards and the mystical work. And now it feels like here, this is the place for them to be held and to unfold and to journey deeper with. Hmm. I love that when you were talking about your yin yoga, you just made me feel peaceful and I'm not even doing yoga. <laughs> so beautiful. Mm. And as you were saying now, putting all these pieces, all these four pillars and in, in relation to the four elements in your business, I'm actually going to open that up and invite the listeners to that for your business. I'm in the process of doing that too. I'm also in the process of like not only working online, but in person in Flanders and actually with the earth and with the people here, with the woman here meeting face to face. And it's so much fun also to like in between classes, just drink a cup of coffee or a cup of tea together and have these beautiful reflective conversations and community, right? You just don't have that online, but I also love online. I love showing up in the pajamas and like, okay, it's done straight to bed, like no commute, no nothing. That's, that's pros and cons. But anyway, so my invitation is look at your business or if you have a business, people who are listening, if they have a business or if you're building one, put it in those four elements and see which element is undernourished or overnourished right? It's a little bit that perspective of the Chinese medicine to do it. They do it with the five elements. Um, and it's a little bit a similar perspective. I'm a just, I'm a Celtic woman. So I work with the four, four elements. That's just my lineage. That's my DNA. That's my land. So, you know, you don't change these ancient roots that easily, <laughs> but whatever works, right. And really figure out how you can balance these and it's in books. So this is the perfect time to kind of lay out the groundwork, lay out the foundation, the seed right which which ones are we going to nourish maybe this year you're being you're being invited to nourish the fire nourish self-belief nourish getting out there nourish the air right channeling more being 
confident in that and also uh, opening that up and speaking marketing right or whatever right and that's so interesting because when we hold that from that balance point i do feel that when people come into the space or connect in with whatever way online instagram facebook in person in the temple whatever they just feel like ah oh, this is a solid place like you said that motherly hug uh, this is a place where I can really come and be all of me. And I know that all of me will be held. And I don't know if you want to add a little bit to that um, little spiel of uh, how we can holistically hold our business. Yeah. And I think it also applies to life as well as business. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Really see where, that, where those things play out in your life, whether or not you're a business owner too, which I think is really special and see how you feel about those elements. And you know, one of the things that and notice what you're craving when you connect into it as well. I think that's something really interesting. I know for me, where I'm at right now is I'm really craving a little bit more adventure and travel. That's the next piece for me, which will come next. Um, and I know I'm really honoring that with, you know, the work that I'm doing where I take retreats out to Iona. And um, we do retreats with Bridget and on her sacred land, all these magical, but oh, it's so good. <laughs> but yeah, like to really honor that part of me and I think for me, that's quite an air part of me where I just want to be like, let's go, let's fly, let's experience the world in different places and connect down into my roots. Because again, very Celtic woman here, but um, my, my roots come from the islands and it's very interesting to find, you know, my, on my father's side, we have um, from the Isle of Man, uh, which is actually quite close to Iona. <laughs> and um, yeah, there was, we've done some big research into the family history and to find out all of these magical things and my own roots. And I really feel a deep connection to that island life from that, from that perspective. And this really Celtic having a hearth fire and, you know, the grasses and the ocean. And oh, so heavenly, like, I just want to be that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have such a deep connection to Iona and to those islands from that place, from that deep ancestral connected place. So yeah, I really hear you on, on honoring the, the path of where, where you are and where you're from and your own like DNA and heritage. I think it's really powerful to do so and to really honor yeah that journey. So yeah, I feel you so deeply on that one. And I think finding those those elements in your business is really powerful and seeing where they show up for you and what what they're going to mean for you as well, because we all connect to elements so differently and we all find a way that's maybe our easy way into the element. Like for me, fire being like a big releaser and activator was really scary. All right. <laughs> like I was so much happier being like, oh, hearth fire, healing, nice, gentle, woohoo, this is my kind of thing. And so then actually really allowing myself to go into the fullness of the fire as well has been really powerful experiencing all of the range within each element i think is really beautiful and with the water again like the beautiful gentle healing but then also those deep depths that are really profound and really actually for me now very fun to go into <laughs> um yeah and with the air like the nice beautiful light pieces but then also the stillness which i think can be really challenging to sit with sometimes <laughs> especially in today's society where we're so used to this instant gratification like to actually sit with the stillness of the air and the grounding of the earth but the gentle nice grounding but also the power of the earth this hugeness and i think that's something when i'm on my own i always feel really connected to because the rock there 
it's some of the oldest rock on on the planet like it's they did all the testing on it and it's i believe 2.9 billion years old and you're standing on it and you're like how <laughs> like the feel, the energy in it the wisdom in the rock the wisdom in the earth next level so that's something that i really yeah i really love that the full range within within each element and yeah you get to find your way in your place that you're comfortable and then you get to play and explore and open it up and i encourage you if you're looking to work with the elements in your business in your life make sure you do the opening up bit because it's quite fun <laughs> yeah yeah indeed and i think there there again is like that shift of perspective perspective where it doesn't need to be really hard really epic and fancy like that will come if you're on a journey of mastery if you're on a journey of you know we're both priestesses both on the journey of becoming the high priestess like you're gonna get initiated there's gonna come a time where it's done playing done being the maiden done with the easy stuff and now it kind of like okay level up i'm in that place right now for earth like i really love um everything that has to do with herbalism, going out there, connecting with the plants and tending the garden, making food, making the house all nice and cozy. Like that earth, uh, easy peasy as one through three. My mother was a Taurus. And so as a child, that's all I saw. <laughs> like, so that's easy for me. Now I am learning from earth, like that groundedness, as she said, like that ancient 2.9, 2.9 billion years old. Like, oh, the steadiness, the patience, the fucking patience. Oh. <laughs> right, my, my Aries and Mars is like, oh my, no, please, no, I want to move. <laughs> but I'm like, not, not, okay, stable. I got my Capricorn in, uh, my Jupiter is in Capricorn. So, okay, I got this, I got this, I got this. Um, so, but starting with that part that is easy is also the, the more gentle way to mastery. And I think that is also the message of Bridget. Doesn't need to be so hardcore. You don't need to be so harsh on yourself. You'll get tested and you'll meet it when it does. And you'll have all the tools and I'll be holding you when it gets tough, but no need to make it hard for yourself. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that's almost like to loop all the way background. It's almost another way of, of the people pleasing, the proving ourselves. We push to almost again to the point of burnout, but actually when we soften into and we allow ourselves to enjoy that journey of deepening and deepening as we go, rather than trying to, I think also, especially, you know, I can speak to this, having found my spiritual path so young, I definitely was like at 13, I'm like, right, I'm gonna be a Reiki master, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Like, I'm gonna do it all in the next five minutes because <laughs> <I'm having patience. laughs> Um, and actually, like what's been really, really healing and profound is realizing like we have time. Mm. We have time. And even though, yes, we don't know how much time we have, we always have the next life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like we have time and it's that we're allowed to sit in there and sit with all those feelings that come up, even if what comes up is the fear of not having enough time, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I hear that. And I often say that to myself as well, especially because my mother, she died when she was 40 um, and she spent the last year being sick. So um, that just that does put like this this thing in my head of like, oh, my gosh, I don't have that much time in life. But 
the way that I also um, silence that part is, well, one, time is an illusion. It's man-made. So we don't really need to put so much energy into it because it's, it's just a construct, right? It's not actual solid reality. And secondly, even if I would die right now, and I would look from the perspective of my soul, would I be happy with the life that I've lived? And you know what? I would be. Sure, not all the goals that I've set out or that I have in my heart will mind right now are met, but I did the best that I can. I have loved. I have, I'm a nice person. I'm incredibly kind to the people that are close to me. I'm offering what I can. I'm doing my best to be in harmony with the earth with, you know, I'm a solid human being. So even if I die, good, it was a nice ride. Thank you. <laughs> and like you said, next. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think so often, you know, and I think it can be one of those, one of the cogs that works, isn't it? That like time piece, but you're so right. Like if we can truly feel like that check-in of like, okay, would I be happy right now if this was the end? Well, if it's a no, then what can you change? Right. If it's a no, then what is it that's in your heart that's not fulfilled yet? Mm. And like play with that, find it. But like in an explorative fun way, this is the, I really love this conversation. I love how we both approach things from this very similar perspective <laughs> of allowing it to be a fun journey. Like it's not about it being this like heavy, like horrendous, like, you know, you'll regret that's like hell every step of the way like no we are just like getting to play to find our way and like that's the fun piece and that is very Bridget and very Bridget as the maiden especially like calling in that playful energy yeah. and seeing the world with those youthful eyes of how magical everything is like you know think about the first time you like you won't remember it because we don't but like the first time you saw grass the mm. first time you saw a leaf I love to do one of the other practices I love to do when I'm feeling really disconnected is I sit and I close my eyes and I do my grounding and I come out and I go right when I open my eyes I have the eyes of somebody who has never seen any of this before and I literally do a practice where I open my eyes and I'm like oh my god this is so cool like how amazing is this life like this leaf it has all these beautiful patterns in it like and you get to just appreciate everything in such like a new way that we forget about because we're so busy being up in our head or being up in whatever's happening. And it's a kind of another way actually of grounding and getting back into yeah. your body is really feeling that appreciation for every little piece of the world around us. Yeah. Even the pieces that aren't perfect or pretty because actually there's something so beautiful in those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I feel like that is such a perfect final like place to to round up the episode especially because it's in bulk and this is so like, i this is the energy of in bulk right the yeah, first exactly. new <laughs> the first new wave like it's never been there before <laughs> right i love that all right so final question for you beautiful darcy if everybody would be living in a cyclical way or in this really beautiful, grounded, and four elements harmonious way, how would the world look like? Paint us a picture. Mm, I think the world would feel so much more peaceful, would feel so harmonious. And I think we would all have so much more compassion for each other. One of the biggest things that you, know, you see is 
you know, someone doesn't see a traffic light go green and they're straight on their horns beeping them and like, yeah, everybody's so chaotic. And actually, if we could all really connect in and have that groundedness, it creates a little bit extra patience and a little bit extra compassion and a little bit extra ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and think, hey, they're human. So it feels really like that is the energy, this compassionate and accepting way of being which yeah just feels really good <laughs> it does <laughs> it really really does oh thank you so so much um for everybody who wants to connect with darcy and i really advise you do <laughs> you can find all the information in the description box below i'm just gonna add it uh, like ask do you have some free thing that people can connect with you or not <laughs> i haven't <laughs> asked it before <laughs> If you want to dive into the, the love and the nice, nice vibes even more, if you sign up to my mailing list, you actually get, it's called my, my free love bubble guided meditation to literally surround you in a meditation that you can listen to whenever you like for as many times as you like, just to really dive into that feeling of being surrounded by love and being nurtured and being held by the divine, because I think we all need that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I think we all need it all of the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So again, I'll put that link in the description box on whatever platform you're listening to. And for now, I also want to thank you for tuning in and listening to the end <laughs> and spending this beautiful time with Darcy and me. If you're looking to serve from a deeply nourished place to quit feeling on the verge of burnout and really anchor in thriving for yourself first so that you can anchor in thriving for all, because that's what we priestesses do then I invite you to join the Herbal Priestess Gathering. It is free. It's seven days of the most powerful teachers that I've gathered, that I've studied with, and of course, me, your Sarah. <laughs> um, and together, we will be showing you and teaching you all there is to know about serving from a deeply anchored place with Earth, with your body, so that Earth as Eden doesn't become this weird, random thing or ancient story but it becomes a true reality that you are a steward of. So join. It is free or for a very low price, depending on when you're checking out the podcast. And I would so love to welcome you into the gathering because our ripple effect is changing the world.